everyone, everyone from me, Brent Graham, it's Thursday night, 9 o'clock. Welcome to the Handicap Rugby Chat That Matters. Well, of course, I've only four games to really talk about tonight. We've got the three Curry Cup fixtures, and then, of course, we've got the second test, the Springboks against the British and Irish Lions. But, wow, we're going to spend some time on that. Been plenty of drama. There was a dramatic first test, of course, the Lions coming from behind to win the match. And now we've got all sorts of things, including Russie's video going out today, analysing the refs. I'll get comment from the panel on that in just a second. Let's introduce them. I've purposely gone to the big screenshot because I wanted to get a nice close-up of our next guest. And uh, it's welcome to the conductor there. I'll put him on the solo screen. He's sporting what I like to call a lockdown look. A man, a look of a man perhaps who's been staying up all nights watching women's beach volleyball in the Olympics and betting on it. How are you, Brendan? <laughs> Frenzy, uh, one yourself, mate. Uh, yeah, look, uh, not so much the the women's volleyball that has attracted my attention, but uh, it's more the I think I'm sporting the 2 a.m. Uh, wake ups for the, the Olympic Sevens. Uh, definitely not my, my productivity has taken a nosedive this week, uh, getting up at 2 a.m., then back to bed at five for a couple of hours of kip, but then back up at nine o'clock for the the second round, uh, then uh, I'll do it again tomorrow morning for the women's sevens. But it's uh, been hell of a enjoyable. And yeah, Brenty, always lucky to join you boys for the show. And uh, yeah, looking forward to a good chat on the, the Rassi rant, as everyone's now calling it. Right. Well, let's introduce our next guest. And I must say, he's looking pretty pretty smart there. And it's Thoughts on Sports. Neil, good to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks, Brent. It's been a while. Um, a bit of, bit of absenteeism for me, but been a bit busy, but more than happy to be back and share Impart a bit of knowledge, only four games to pick this week, but hopefully we can nail four winners here. Excellent. Well, I know a lot of the guys always respect your opinion. Just to mention, there is one glaring omission tonight. Oracle's decided to take a week off. He might well join us in the live chat at some stage. And just welcome to all the boys who are watching there, including Sean Nicholas. I see. So, Sean, feel free to post any bets on the on the women's sevens. You know, I'm a member of a couple of WhatsApp groups. I can tell you that it varies between women's sevens. You've got to be crazy to bet on this stuff. We're losing a fortune. To gee whiz, this is actually pretty decent to get involved, you know. So uh, I, I guess it's all uh, it's all relative. But guys, we've got a massive uh, massive w uh, weekend ahead of us, and let's start off with the with the Lions test against South Africa. I've got the series betting scrolling down below there, Brendan. Four to ten are the Lions, twelve to five the box, and the draw, of course, at twenty two to one. Last week, well, we had a virtual choice game, and I can tell you that the betting this week it's, it's almost identical. It was strange, you know. I had I almost used the same. In fact. I actually say that. I actually see I haven't changed first test to second test. I, I literally used the same templates um, for the banners because there was, there was, there was hardly, any, hardly any change to the betting. Uh, yeah, we got a, a virtual yeah. – let's do that. We've got a virtual choice game. I have noticed that, if anything, a bit of money for the Lions, though. They, they, seem, they, they were sort of evens, and the Lions seem to have shortened to favourites, certainly this one's at World Sports Betting. Yeah, Brent, I, I thought the box would have been maybe a little bit more – out then 21 to 20 i thought maybe a one and a half or two and a half plus i think it's probably one and a half i think in most places but i would have expected maybe a bigger plus considering that second half um but i think the guys still expect a very tight second half uh, sorry a second test sorry uh very very tough one to call um like i said to you boys uh, before the kickoff on the first test i i uh cashed out my um series bets on the on the lines i, I just sometimes money just isn't worth it, I guess, being a, a Springbok supporter. So I really wanted to shout them home, and I'll be shouting them home in the second test um, yeah, to, to to bring it all evens. Uh, it is tough there. I, I agree with what you're saying. It, it is tough to look overlook the, the lines not to win the second test as well. Uh, but I, I think it'll be tight. Right. Well, just welcome to Mark there. I know he was hoping to see Oracle on the show, probably to give him quite a hard time after Oracle's uh, comments last week. I must say, just personally, from a betting point of view, it was a good match for me. I was on the Lions to win. And at one stage, yeah, I looked in quite a bit of trouble, but they did come back to get it. It was one of those games I definitely wouldn't describe as a classic test match. And uh, yeah, there were certainly there were certainly errors from the ref, you know, whether he was quite as bad as people have made out. We'll talk now. And I, I see Dan just mentioning on uh, Dan von Straten mentioning there, have a chat about the rusty thing. We certainly will do that. But let me first get your comment on, first of all, last week's game, Neil, and then your, your thoughts on the, on the markets this week? Yeah, so I think last week's game played out pretty according to plan. Um, I think the box did, did blow its bit in the second half. I did expect the Lions to win just off, obviously after that SAA game. 
um, maybe box a bit light on the bench there, opting for three backs on the bench, which I was uh, massively surprised about. And then just obviously not having sort of the the brute strength of Vermeulen and a line-out option, just sort of that leadership. I, I thought the box would struggle just sort of to close close out a game. They sort of almost looked like they didn't know what to do once they went nine points, nine points ahead. So that was a bit of a surprise for me. Um, so yeah, it's quite weird looking at the betting, almost identical to to last week. So from my side, I've I've hammered down on the either team by seven or less again. I think that's just the way to go. And a bit un- unlike me to, to say this, but I really like the Springboks over 18 and a half points. Uh, ben O'Keefe, bit, uh, big overs ref, um, and the Springboks would have covered that last weekend had there been a couple of penalties that had gone their way. I know that there was the um, sort of my pimpy getting uh, pulled back or whatever when there were 17 points on the board. So I think that that, that, that should, should land quite nicely. Um, I know it is obviously isn't Cape Town again, but the Cape Town Stadium is an overs ground, uh, whether you like it or not, coupled with Ben O'Keefe, 18.5 points. The box know how to score points. So, yeah, I think that's a, a couple of points too low for me. Well, we'll talk about the total points line as well now because I also uh, fancy that a little bit. I must say, just personally for me, what I, I noticed that after that game, a lot of people were saying box hard, done by, and, and they felt the box would come back for stronger. I actually thought the Lions were pretty poor in the first half there, guys. I really, I mean, I was quite worried about my bets. I had Lions over 19 and a half, and I had the Lions to win the game and, and had quite a few doubles ending on them. But I just really thought that the Lions picked up momentum in that second half, and, and, the, and I'm expecting actually the Lions to start a little bit quicker. So I'm also going to be looking at a points play, but let's get the, the conductor's view there. Anything for you on the, on the total, on the points lines, conductor? Brent, I must agree with Neil there. I also like the box over uh, 18.5, but I think. I think maybe one or two of the one or two of the trials that maybe didn't fall away in the first test probably might just fall away in the second test. Um, yeah, and like he says, I think Hundre missed one or two kicks there, which would have put us over on that um, on the over and over eighteen point five there. So I very much like that. Books are playing for their life in the second test, so they're going to throw everything at the at the lines here. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it's not a traditional Cape Town surface. It is a bit harder. It's not not a great surface, to be honest. It looks very really sandy. Um, and and like you say, it is at, at the coast. But uh, I, I like that overs. It'll probably my, be my main play if I have to touch anything in this in this game. Uh, it'll be nice to have that so that I can shout the box home and shout the points overs as opposed to taking the box uh, on the board or... Um, Lines on the board, so I like that. I like the, the the box over, even though I think it will be tight. Um, I think the it might be a little bit more open than the first test. Yeah, I was also leaning towards that as well. I was thinking, you know, is this game going to be more open? And in fact, I was eyeing out the over 41 and a half points. I see Southport also coming in there for over 18 and a half. And well done, Southport. He won our Olympic Games betting competition and kindly donated his prize back. So there is a competition currently running on the Good for the Game forum if you guys want to check that out. But Southport going box over 18 and a half. And I'm quickly having a surf around. But I see South, I see Sunbed have got over 18 and a half box points. Okay, they've shortened it now slightly to five to six. Obviously, a bit of money coming for that. So uh, just one thing I want to touch on, Neil, the, the pitch itself. I also agree with you. I mean, Cape Town Stadium is not Newlands. Newlands is very much an unders sort of ground. I think we all used to accept that. And the Cape Town Stadium's had a pretty good surface. But I was a little bit concerned. I know there's been quite a bit of rain in Cape Town, certainly last week and possibly a bit more this week. I was a bit concerned the way the surface was was ripping up. Does that worry you at all as a as an overs player this weekend? Look, Brent, it would definitely worry me if if I was uh, sticking my neck out on a forty eight and a half, uh, fifty and a half points line. Yeah. But a forty one and a half, as we've seen, the conditions could be as bad as possible. We know that that's three tries and and pens traded, especially in a close affair. Um, any single opportunity and. And let's face it, Henry Pollard can knock them over from a fair distance. He can knock them over from the halfway line on, on the coast. So any penalties in and around that mark, the box is going to be taking those three points. So I do expect the, the the points tally to tick over. And especially with sort of, I'm sure we're going to touch on it, Russie's um, outcry. I'm sure the official is going to be quite sharp this week. A couple, Maybe a couple more penalties. Um, it would be fantastic if we could get an overall underline on match penalties this week. But yeah, so I expect maybe a slightly higher. And we've seen just one or two tries and... And that points total gets really close. So yeah, for me, box eighteen and a half. The more I think about it, the more I like it. It's an absolute crack, in my yeah. opinion. Agreed. Yeah, I also like that eighteen and a half. I also like the forty-one and a half. I must say, I do think the Lions will get their share of points as well. And let's start with you, Neil, then on Rusty's uh, video that he brought out today, because we 
we sort of heard that video was coming out. We wondered what it was going to be. I haven't seen the whole thing. I've just seen a couple of clips. But essentially what he does, from what I can gather, he points out various aspects of the game where the box were hard done by what from what, what he, I guess, is suggesting is some pretty poor or inconsistent officiating. Now, we, as punters, we do complain about the refs and that quite a lot. But first of all, did that surprise you that he would come out and do something like that? And secondly, yeah, what sort of a betting angle could you perhaps look at there? Um, I would say it would usually surprise me, but after the whole um, Johan and the nosy one sort of debacle, it, it didn't surprise me. I expected there to be sort of a follow-up to that. Um, so from my personal perspective, I've always been a big believer in, in respecting the refs, and that's just sort of how I was brought up on the sports field. Uh, it's quite important in the school where rugby too, because there's obviously going to be numerous dodgy calls in that. But I think when you get to this level of of sport and competition, once again, this happens every 12 years, there does need to be some form of responsibility taken from the match officials. And that's not just, um, I'm not just hating on Nick Berry here. This is also just a, a big jab at Marius Jonker. The biggest, the biggest decision for me was that that Hamish Watson yellow card. It's a, it's a yellow card any any day of the week. Um, and my big, my big grip with uh, World Rugby is the fact that why are they not having an official in the TMO who's been active in refing in the Six Nations, so they've got international experience recently, or who's been very active in Pro, for, uh, in Pro 14 or Premiership. Someone like Wayne Barnes, you stick him in there, he's a man for the big decision. He would happily he would happily yellow card Hamish Watson with, without even hesitating if he was if he was in the TMO. Maurice Jonker, when last did Maurice Jonker ref uh, ref um, rugby match? In my opinion, you have to have the referees sitting who are actively refing in the TMO box. You can't have retired referees who now uh, revert to to sitting in the TMO box. They're out of touch with how how the laws go. They understand that what world rugby want to clamp down on. So yeah, for me, I think that they got it they got it all completely wrong. I think it was slightly bad taste from Rossi pointing out a couple of offside. I watched the video, a couple of offside penalties that were, were given away. The ref is going to make a couple of of sort of of average calls. You could blow a penalty. So, you could virtually blow a penalty at every yeah. luck and more, couldn't you? So, so I, I I didn't necessarily enjoy that part, but I do agree with him making a stand. And I think that a lot of people misinterpret that he's having a direct jab at Nick Berry. I think he's actually going straight to the top and he's having a jab at Ward Rugby and just sort of, uh, I don't know, not uh, people are just not taking responsibility. I don't think that the refs are getting put on the spot as per se. But yeah, just a big jab at the whole officiating in, in the game of rugby union in general. That's it. And I think, I mean, I saw another post, uh, could it have been Squid Rugby or someone on Twitter kind of saying, he wasn't, act- as much as he was jabbing maybe at, at the refs on the weekend, he was actually talking to this week's officials, really. Is, yeah. is what he was doing. And I guess that's, for me, that's the worry. I, I disagreed personally with the way mm. it was done. And my worry is, and, and this, you know, it could play into our hands of the over 41 and a half with penalties is, you know, do does the TMO now feel obliged to virtually analyze every single ruck and mall? And are we going to get in a tremendous stop-start affair? Which in fairness would probably suit the box because I got the feeling in that second half that they were absolutely hanging on. Well, what did you make of the whole thing, Brendan? Yeah, uh, Brenty, I... Um... Look, I mean, I love this game more than I love most things in life. And uh, I woke up on Sunday morning with a bit of uh, a bit of a sore head after too many loggers. And uh, I, I was disappointed in terms of the social media, uh, especially from the South Africans, the social media outlook on the game. It was a lot of blame. And, you know, you know, this kick and now they're drawing a line between Mapimpi's foot and Billy LaRue. And it's just, you know, like you say, Brent, I think I agree with you, 50-50s. Sometimes they go your way, sometimes they don't. That is, that's unfortunately rugby. Unfortunately, in Test Rugby, uh, especially like a British and Irish Lions series, the 50-50s, often that one decision often determines a game. I think we can look at that third test between the, the British and Irish Lions and the New Zealand um, All Blacks. You know, was it an accidental offside or was it a knock-on? You know, if it was an offside, uh, offside against the British and Irish Lions, you know, the Kiwis would have had a kick to win the game. You know, and then suddenly the, the decision was changed. Um, so this is not the first time we've seen contentious decisions in a in a, a BNR Lions series. Um, yeah, that was my initial impression. I, I didn't enjoy social media that Sunday morning. It was a very ugly, you know, you got the South African rugby scribes. Uh, obviously had a bit too much to drink the night before on Saturday night. Having an absolute go at Marius Jonka and telling him, you know, he's this and he's that, and that, that wasn't nice to hear. Because, you know, ultimately, in the day, it is a sport we want to enjoy and we want to 
celebrate and, and it's an incredible uh, contest between the box the world champions at the moment and and the british and irish lions so it's, it's you don't want to see this ugliness that's that's manifesting itself in the in the media and in, on social media specifically um that was my initial impression you know later on in the week i i and i think the impression that i've got and i think many guys have raised the point you know rossi has sort of popped up um and he's sort of he's sort of become quite uh i don't know what the right word is but he's sort of popped up and uh he, uh, he's sort of taking all the arrows at the moment he's taking all the detention all the attention on himself he's now releasing videos yaku Johan, and all this other nonsense suddenly nobody's talking about the box nobody's talking about the fact that jasper visa has gone from playing from the cheetahs to lesser tigers to starting against the british irish lines no one's talking about trevor onion on the bench who's covering whatever position i mean it, there's been almost no talk about the actual box team uh, for me, I, I mean, I think some guys have talked about it. I've seen very little actually analysis of the teams itself. I think most of the guys, we go on Twitter, most of the guys are talking about Rossi and the fact that he's saying this and ranting that. And and and, and to me, he's he's popped up and he said, listen, guys, I'll take the bullets. Jacques Ninova, you can sort of step aside. Him in the box can train quite, quite you know, quite quietly, uh, uh, you know, away from all the media attention. Um, and I just want to just highlight, and I said to a couple of mates today on a, on a WhatsApp group, many people overseas don't understand that in South Africa, the economy is quite tough. So we have a director of rugby who also is the water boy. Many guys in South Africa have two jobs at the same time. <laughs> yes. So, you, I, you know, Warren Gatlin must understand this. It's, it's, it's tough times in South Africa. So you, you have two jobs. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's done that. Okay, so that, that's, that's the one thing. I agree with you completely. I, I don't want to get, you know, he didn't have a direct go at Maurice Sionka, but he, he inferred that it was not ideal for the Lions to have a, a South African TMO, so there was pressure on him. I, I, th I think in my mind, I didn't like the wording that Marius had when he was trying to award or not award the kick uh, with 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 Vili and 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 um, Makazolo, uh, where he, he sort of almost changed his wording mid sentence. He said, "Well." We don't have any compelling, and then suddenly it's um, it, it, it's definitely it's definitely. So that was very that, 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 yeah, that was, was very weird. strange, I must say. So, and, and and that's where I sort of tend to agree with Mark Yohan. I don't often do that, but uh, he, he he did sound very apprehensive toward anything that you award that specifically. That that. Well, and, a... and, 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 sorry, Benji. I, 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 sorry, I just want to finish my sentence here. But I, yes, I think we often the the rule of thumb is. Uh, is it it must be clear of obvious say yeah no fair enough and, and i mean otherwise you should and i must say with that, that whole vanilla roof thing we were watching at someone's house and i didn't realize we were streaming it and the stream actually went down just after the try or and my first thing in real time i thought really was well in front and then when we came back it's, to try it this out and i only saw it the next day i only saw it and i must have been looking at it and based on the fact that the ref had chosen to award the trial i've got to say that that probably should have been should have been awarded there but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm, people are saying this is a masterstroke by Rassi and that. I'm of the opposite opinion. Eh? I think this is a big – I think it's a mistake. I think there's more pressure on this team now going in there than ever before. There's ridiculous pressure on the officials. And let me tell you guys, I mean, I know we get good refs and we get bad refs, but I mean, I've refed at schoolboy level uh, a few many years ago. And, I mean, you can never keep all the parents happy. Um, I mean, I was useless to be – I, I mean, I umpired a guy. I gave him out once and he came and showed me the mark on his forehead after the game. He was a, a little luck. Like, Grade eight kid, it really is tough out there, and I just think it's lumping unfair pressure on these on these refs and that sort of stuff. But anyway, it is what it is. We're in for one thrilling test. I mean, everybody's talking about it now. Brent, yeah. I, I, so to continue with my my uh, my train of thought, I exactly agree with Squid Rugby. He's almost now refocused. What Gatlin did in the first test on Marius, he's refocused the attention on Ben O'Keefe, and everything is going to be everything's going to be scrutinised. Every single ruck. Every single, you know, every single moment, Ben O'Keefe is going to be, and I think he's basically forced, and I don't like it, uh, you know, but, you know, sportsmen, sportsmen want to win. He's refocused attention that I get the gut feel that the more favorable decisions will go the box way because of the attention he sort of said and things like that. But, but what I, and I, I mean, you know, Neil raised some very pertinent points with regards to Rusty's analysis. And, uh, you know, 
a lot of guys will say sour grapes is 100%. I, I'm, I don't think it's, I don't think many people will say it's not sour grapes. But I, what I didn't enjoy is what I don't want to have in, in rugby is you don't want to have a scenario where every single decision is scrutinized. We're going to play not 18 minutes, we're going to play three hours of rugby because, you know, to, to, and to, I mean, we all know that every single ruck can go multiple ways. I mean, from not supporting your, your body weight, from coming in from the side and, 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 and. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very difficult one to sort of say this and that. But, but to me, the main points I take out of it, Rassi's offered himself as his martyr and said, well, if I must step down and, and he's taken all the attention off his side uh, to maybe some of the weaknesses left by a guy like Dwayne uh, for Mellon not being there, um, just some of the mistakes that were made in the, like you say, in the second half of the first test, and he and you know, and suddenly you know even 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 if you look on Twitter, all the attention's on Rassi. nothing's on the box, and I think that's exactly what, how he wants it. People are saying, you know, what I don't enjoy. People are saying, yeah, but Vajok Ninova and he must say this and stuff, but it's interchangeable. It's like a, it's a doubles and tennis. I don't think these guys see them see themselves as their exact positions that I am this and you are that and you must say that. It, you know, it, it's a it's a very fluid situation, and and I think Rusty exact he did this so exactly that Jacques cannot doesn't have to fo focus in the media. He doesn't have to worry about that. He cannot focus in the training sessions. Um, and you know the, the fact of the matter is everyone's having a heart heart attack about Rusty, but no one has a go at at, at Eddie Jones when he he's, he's picking out specific journalists and saying, "Oh mate, you don't know, mate, da da da, mate." And he and, and Rusty, you know, Eddie is a, is a is a personality on himself. As is Rusty, as is Warren, and I can guarantee you, I would put my life on it. Steve, Han I don't rate Ian Foster much of uh, in Zealand, but Steve Hansen would have been would have been full on ten times worse than Rusty if there's decisions to come on. So let's not say, oh, Rusty is the worst and Rusty is this and da 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 da. Guys, there were some very pertinent points raised, some very important points raised. For me, I, yeah, I, I, the only thing I want to take out the video, I'm not going to raise on the nitpicking. Yes, there was a lot of nitpicking. I just want to raise the fact that he said, Nick Berry said, I'm going to blow this. And then he didn't blow this. So th then what, wh then how do you, he's a very analytical kind of guy. He's training guys to say, listen, we're going to go into the ruck. We, we're not going to go in this way. We're going to go this way. If Nick Berry says, I'm going to blow you if we do this, do this, and doesn't blow, then what is the, what is the, the message from the referees? Surely it must be consistent. And Brent, you've played sports. Neil, you've played, we've all, most of us have played sports. If a referee or umpire tells you this guy's this guy I want to referee the game or umpire the game and he does it in a, in a manner that's which is inconsistent to that, it, it is frustrating. So you, you, to me, uh, that's the only thing I take from the video. I don't want to take anything else. Well, I must say, I haven't seen uh, the conductor so passionate since he had a real go at John Dobson uh, a few years ago <laughs> then, Neil. Um, I'm going to ask you if you anything else to anything else to add on this one or on, on the game itself. Anything, maybe a first try score or something that you spotted there? No, uh, that's all from my side. I think, if anything, I'd probably take a forward first try score at the best price I can find. I think that's always a good bet in these sort of tests. And just, Neil, another one I'll just touch on. Uh, you you actually mentioned it, but I'll mention because it's, it's quite a popular bet as well. Is, is that you said either team by seven or less. I think that's yeah. trading around the 19 to 20 market sun bet. Then you've got an interesting variation of that. You've got the, the World Sports Betting Try Bet, which is, I don't know, you, you actually mentioned me with 16 to 10. I don't know if that's still the price, but there you've got six points or less. So effectively, you're getting a fairly significantly bigger price, but you obviously are losing out on those two points. What do you do as a punter there? I suppose it just depends on your personal preference. If you if you're looking for the bigger price or the or, or the or I suppose just that that extra bit of leverage on the points, well, what do you prefer? I think Brent, it sort of depends where this falls in the in the stats of the weekend. If it's the first best on a Friday, you obviously want the confidence confidence high, so you may be going to go for the more conservative pick. But if it's the last game on the Saturday, you know where my money is going. Oh, that's it. Exactly. <laughs> and Mark, don't be asking, is Yonker the TMO? And as far as I know, Yonker is the TMO for all three tests. Eh? That was named up front, which was also yeah, a bit unfortunate because had they hadn't done that, and look, make no mistake, I actually didn't think, uh, I feel for Yonker. I think he was in, as people say, in a no-win position. But at least if they hadn't made that announcement up front, they could have brought someone else in as TMO and taken the heat off him. But now if they do that, it's basically like saying to him, you, you know, you stuffed up totally, yeah, that they won't be able to do it. So, yeah, interesting dynamic there. Brendan, I'm going to come up to you. Anything else um, betting-wise for you on the, on this game? Anything you've spotted there? Uh, first try scorer, 
someone like um, maybe one of the hookers or anything? Or do you think we need to get Couch on the show for that? <laughs> no, Brenton, nothing for me. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I'm going to be patiently behind the box on Saturday. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go for the over 18.5. And uh, I, I don't want to live in a world where the box don't, don't win this series. If I look at the social media uh, from a lot of these guys, it's going to be it's going to be a tough world to live in. You know, you know, guys are showing like the 2007 World Cup where the English player foot wasn't in the in, in touch against the box and saying, "Oh, but nice justice and stuff like that." I mean, holy gamoli, you know, guys are are really salty towards this whole thing. So, it, uh, to me, it's it's difficult. I've been so passionate and try, like like I'm saying, quite emotional about this whole thing. Uh, it's tough for me to focus on specific bets for this for this uh, this this uh, series. I mean, sometimes like, you do. Actually, if you're emotional, you sometimes got to put put it out of there. You know, not have a bet on the game, for example. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think you know after that, the the Sharks game ends on uh, on Saturday at about sort of four o'clock, it's four. Maybe it's time to to switch to the the loggers and uh, you know just sit back and and have and have an enjoyment of the game because it is a spectacle. Like Rusty says, it only happens every, once every twelve years against the box. So. You know, you know these guys only play. This will probably be ninety percent of these guys, or night was it ninety five percent of these guys will only play once in their life against the British and Irish Lions. So it's a it's a it's a once in a lifetime uh, scenario. It's not even like the Olympics. You know, you know these guys, the Olympic guys, can compete maybe three, two or three times. These guys will probably never compete against the the Lions ever again in their lives. So it's to me, it's going to be a Titanic battle. I'm going to start the box home. Yeah, I like the eighteen point five. That's the only thing that sticks out in my mind. And I do like probably probably take Colby to get a bit of meat uh, meat pie there in the in the second test. Well, I can tell you the advantage of watching the show like this, obviously on your uh, phone or on, on on your computer, is that you can have your bookmakers accounts open at the same time. And Sean Nicholas is coming in, and I've just gone and looked for myself. When we started the show, Sunbet was seventeen to twenty to over eighteen and a half. They moved to five to six over eighteen and a half. They've now got nineteen to twenty over nineteen and a half. So Neil, I, I hope you got your over eighteen and a half already because that market's moving quickly. Yeah, Brent, I didn't know the Sunbet trader was a listener of the show, so that's that's always good to know. <laughs> yeah, it's either him or it's just enough people betting on it to make the trader think something's going on. He's probably scratching his head going, what happens on a Thursday night at 9 o'clock <laughs> that we get so much activity on the market? But anyway, well, market's certainly moving. Of course, I will be uh, bringing, putting out the best bet. I think we're on a good run. I think we've had three or four, I think it's three winning weeks in a row. If you haven't subscribed to the best bet new newsletter yet, Go down below uh, the uh, video and you can get the subscription link. That'll come out tomorrow sometime. Uh, but it may not be, the best bet may not be on the Lions game because, of course, we do have three Curry Cup games to talk about as well. And let's get into those now. And, Neil, I'm going to start with you. I know you've got some firm opinions on the Curry Cup. And let's begin with the Golden Lions against the Pumas. I think there's a minus six and a half Lions. And uh, I can't remember which bookie I checked, but just before the show, there was minus seven and a half. Um, I think you, Puma's perhaps missing a couple of players. This could be this could be quite an interesting one. Yeah, so I think Puma's are meant to be missing Kuvili Engelbrecht, but I see he's been named in the starting team, so that's a big big plus for them. Um, I, I missed a bit of early value. I think you could get minus three and a half in the market open. That was definitely the way to go. Um, there's still six and a half. I don't know if I'll dip my turn there. I'll probably just go straight to points for me. Morris van der Vest stays in on, on the whistle, loves to let the game flow, loves to ignore forward passes and the likes, um, as any South African referee does. So plenty of points in the game. Uh, 50, 50, 59.5 points line, uh, 60 and a half. So that means about Lions, about 33 and a half, 26 and a half around there. So I'll, I'll take Lions over 33 and a half at home. They should cover that with ease. So I think that's a nice way to start my Friday. A couple of chips on that. Um, build the bankroll for, for a big Saturday of betting. Sorry, Neil, just to confirm, did you say you saw a points line on that one? That quote, or was that what you were estimating it would be? No, no, I've seen a points, points oh, line at 16 saw, and a half. Well, okay, excellent, because I hadn't seen that yet. Okay, so we got a we got a points line there. I have to agree with you 100%. I think the Lions points is the bet for me there as well. And Brendan, let's go to you on this one. Any thoughts, first of all, on the handicap, and, and secondly, on the points line now that we know it? Yeah, Brent, I think the... Um, I'll be much like the Lions in this, in this situation. They've got a lot of players back that I didn't have in the previous couple of weeks... Um, who have who had niggles and they come back. Uh, importantly, Kosan, uh, Dan Creel, he's not maybe, you know, um, Chuka is probably the most uh, dynamic player for him to be back since the Lions game is huge. Um, 
to me, this, this, uh, the guys that punished the minus three and a half, that's, that's very well done. I'll still take minus six and a half, yeah. I'm, I'm very, I, I love that price. I think uh, if the Pumas keep it to within double digits, yeah, I'll be quite impressed. Um, I saw uh, Jimmy turn asked before the Western Province game, now this is two or three weeks ago, said they're missing a couple of props. I think they're missing three or four props. And obviously for a small union like the Pumas, that is a, that is a big loss. Um, and they had the same prop lineup for the game against the Western Province and the same props against now the Lions. They've struggled three. They were they've struggled two games in a row against those two unions in the scrum time. I expect them to struggle struggle massively against the Lions uh, in that regard. Um, and uh, yeah, too much pace for me. Uh, I think the Lions are starting to yeah they've been a bit poor for the past couple of weeks, but they've been missing a key, couple of key players. That eighty-five meter try they scored against the Bulls oh. just said to me yeah what it was not a beautiful day. And it was that typical Lions, just free-flowing kind of play. That that said to me that they'll play a better better style. Yeah, like Neil says, if you if you're not if you don't want to take the handicap, take the 33.4, 34.5. That is golden. Yeah, absolutely massive. I wouldn't look at the points overs. I'm not too confident on the the Pumas scoring too many. Um, I'm a bit worried with them at the moment. Eddie Fisher hasn't been, you know I I, I love Eddie Fisher, but he hasn't been having the best of times lately. Uh, I wouldn't trust him to be scoring too much massively, although Lions don't defend too well. Um, I'd rather stick my cash on the, the, the Lions overs um, and the handicap there. Minus 6.5 doesn't make sense to me. I, I, I don't understand that. Uh, yeah, guys with um, A1 Delia back, uh, Dan Creel back, Courtney back, uh, yeah, Vincent back. So, you know, it makes a hell of a difference to that Lions side. Just the whole thing. I mean, it's four very key players. I mean, any side missing four key players are going to struggle. Um, yeah, and I, I really, at, at, at altitude, um, at a sort of five o'clock kickoff on a Friday afternoon, man alive. And like uh, Neil says, Morris one of his days, and that's got points all, written all over it. Uh, 34.5, you know, phone your, phone your granny, phone the, the bank manager. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's big time cash. Neil, just to bring you in, yeah, Shane's question there about do, do referees have a great influence on whether the total goes over, under, or is it just random variance? It's an interesting question because I know the likes of Henrik and, uh, you know, I, I know the son of a punk guys and, they, and yourself, uh, we all, we talk about overs refs and under refs. Do you find that to be the case? I mean, or, or is it more just, you know, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's a good question that all, I mean, South African rugby in general seems to be going overs at the moment. Is that because of the refs? Uh, so just to answer Shan's question, a big overwhelming yes. It's, it's, it makes a huge, huge difference. Um, I've got a list in my head written down of, of overs and unders refs and a couple in between. So just for example, the, one of the biggest overs ref internationally is Dwayne Barnes. I think oh, yes. almost all of, his, all of his games go overs. So no matter what the points quote is, I'll, I'll be leaning overs before even looking at the quote. Obviously, if it is a ridiculous line and conditions aren't favorable, then... I'll, it'll all be a no bet, but I'll never ever take unders if, if Wayne Barnes is on the whistle. Otherwise, Yaku Paper, also a big overs ref. And then on the underside, um, you have uh, Brendan Pickerel. He's, he's sort of the, carries the flagship for the, for the unders punters. He just sort of slows everything down. And a good, a good, a good judge is sort of how they, how they um, ref the breakdown and also how they approach the set pieces. So in the scrum time, usually a ref will give max one one sort of reset for a scrum. But Pickerel likes, he's quite nitty-gritty with his rule book. So he'll give a couple of resets and he'll go and speak to the, while the clock's running, he'll go and speak to the props, explain what they're doing wrong, and then try to get a, another go. And then also, say for instance, if they're set for a line-out and the team's too close to another side for Pickerel, he'll like blow the whistle and then like stop, walk in between, and then try to separate them and get the, the correct spacing. Whereas a lot of other refs just let that play. So... Yeah, that's quite quite um, a telling factor. And I know there's a couple of guys uh, like on Twitter and they to keep detailed stats of all the rugby games. And we're talking about, for example, when a team gets into the 22, how many times do they convert that into points? I would like to go one step further and have a look at a guy like, to me, I look at a guy like Rasta. When the attacking team is in the 22, I almost expect that arm to come out and signal mm. the penalty. And once that arm's come out and signaled the penalty, then you almost know there's points because... They can throw it around, they can take a chance, and then he'll still bring them back and ultimately they'll kick to the corner or whatever. So, uh, yeah, yeah the, the, the answer is there, a very definite definite yes. Before we move on to the next game, just to welcome Chris, who's come onto the show, and also Unbiased Rugby, we haven't spoken for some time. 
He, of course, he's got his own uh, YouTube channel. And uh, good to have good good to see you, unbiased rugby. Let us know what your views are of this uh, test match uh, coming coming up this Saturday. But let's move on to the next game. And Brendan, I'm going to start with you now. We've got the Western Province up against the Bulls here. This um, is a province a plus seven and a half. Now, first of all, is this game? Did I read somewhere that this game was taking place at Newlands? Yeah. Or is it taking yeah. place at the Cape Town Stadium? No, it's at Newlands Brent. I think the, uh, this game against against uh, the Bulls, and then. Uh, I think things one last game against the Cheetahs will be the last hurrah for Newlands, which is very sad. Um, like I posted a, a photo to the group the other day. Uh, it's it's a it's a lovely ground to watch rugby at. It's an incredibly sad chapter for SA rugby, uh, but you know times will change and things like that. You know do happen. Uh, you know, you know like Arsenal change their ground. You know these big teams do change their ground things like that. So. Incredibly sad uh, times for for rugby, but uh, it is what it is. And yeah, last two games. Against um, against the last against uh, yeah the Bulls and Cheetahs at Newlands. So Ben, before we move on, I just want to just highlight, and I think you know, what Neil said is hundred percent correct. You know, if you're looking at a game, you cannot just look at the teams. You, you know, a ref is so incredibly important to look at, and if guys really want to sort of get stuck into their betting, I know it's uh, sometimes a bit of a, a weird thing to look at, but a ref is so is is such a big factor in the game. Um, a, a guy like Brennan Pickerel is 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 specifically he almost wants to penalize the attacking team uh, going off their feet, coming from the side, stuff like that. He's very, very quick to, to blow the attacking team. And he, that's how he almost neutralizes the game between 22 and 22. So guys that want to go points over or even big handicaps, it's so important to look at reps. But yeah, Brent, moving on to that that game. Um, wow, that squad that uh, Jake White has assembled is just getting stronger by the week. I see uh, Afrikaans Thor... Uh, Duplessis, he's now rearing to go uh, with his hammer, and, he, and I think this week or next week, so he's he's ready to go. But obviously not for this game. Um, it's I, I, I know Neil's going to look at the he wants he likes the province plus. Uh, it's, it's tough for me to look at province plus with his team uh, with Masakutsia, uh, Masakutsia, Arichlo, and uh, Shabas. I, I can't think of the other flanker, but really, really tough Lustra. Um, I see the Bulls have changed their front row. Koboka is on the bench, uh, but but uh, the Goose is looking so 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 good back in SA Rugby. He's a unique character, and I think he's got a unique personality. But uh, on his day, man alive, he is very, very potent. Um, but good to see some old timers back for the the province as well. I see John Leong, I think he's starting, and Dion Ferry on the bench, and he's always a always a handful at, at the breakdown. Uh, really on the bench. Jeez, I haven't heard of him in ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's come back. So uh, it's good to see guys like that coming back and injecting that sort of the, the timely knowledge and the, the you know the dark arts back with the boys and things like that. But you know, for me, it's tough to overlook the Bulls. Uh, I, I'd probably have a small small punt on the minus seven and a half. Yeah, right, small uh, punt on the minus now. Eh? I know that Neil feels differently to you. So let's yeah, see I know, I know, I know. And it's I, one of the reasons I, I, just, I started with you. And I and I I know and I you know I want to obviously back you know obviously I you know I don't want to cross Neil yet because he's he's very knowledgeable. But it's tough to go against this bull side. The man they've got confidence, and for me, Jake White is prepping them for a higher level of high echelon of rugby, which is the URC. Um, he's saying, guys, listen. To be honest, Curry Cup rugby isn't Curry Cup rugby anymore. Curry Cup rugby is actually at Vodacom Cup level now. Now I need to make the step from Curry from Vodacom Cup level to URC, which is basically uh, almost international level when you're playing guys like Munster and Leinster. So to me, Jake White is a very, very uh, shrewd guy. I, I can't see can't see him doing that, letting him the, this, the, the level step here. So I probably had a small punch on the, on the minus here, but not super confident. Well, let's go to Neil now because, Neil, I am interested in your logic on this one because I'm, I'm going to be straight with you. You are one of those punters. If I if I fancy something and you go the other way, I'll definitely find myself thinking, shit, I've missed something on this game. Um, and I must say I was leaning towards the Bulls quite firmly and then I saw, shit, but Neil likes Province. So tell us why you like Province on this one. No, Brent, if this, if this game was being played at Cape Town Stadium, it would be, it would be no bet, probably well-priced for me. But back back at the old lady um that's that's huge you can't you can't deny that fields fields a bit narrow it's a bit of a tight bit of a tight environment um which means you just can't spread the ball 
as wide. And Province have got a couple of great players on the ground. So with Dion Free coming off the bench, Namakaba's um, really, really great on the ground. So I think that they're going to cause a lot of problems at at the Bulls breakdown. And as much I know, there's I know Brent, you aren't his biggest fan, but Tim Squeal's the at the moment the most accurate goalkeeper <laughs> in the Curry Cup. So so and that's all Province do. They play for the penalty and they point to sticks in, in Curry Cup rugby. It's 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 a weird one, but that's what they do, and they and they keep the scoreboard ticking. And it is an occasion. So North South Derby. When I get more than a converted try, I'm interested no matter the two teams at play, especially on the coast. And also to add it, um, what sticks in my mind is that is that last fixture where Christmas had to knock that that kick over from the corner for for the Bulls to to sneak the game after they got a red card. And that was, I think, the first time the Bulls had won in Cape Town at Newlands for eight or so years. So Province have a, have a very strong record at Newlands. And when I'm yeah, as I said, more than a converted try in greasy. Um, Night conditions on a Friday night. Jalazweni on the whistle. It's it's it. You have to take the plus for me. It's it's just a no-brainer. And I have also had an, uh, a fair nibble on the Western Province board. It was just it was just too big a price to ignore. So for me, this should what be a, get about a three and a half to ten, five to two. Uh, I got bigger than that. I got two point six yeah. to one. Yeah. It's, okay. It's super okay. bets. Yeah. Um, right. So yeah. When you get a price, when you get a price that big for Western Province at Newlands, you you just have to take it. No matter it could it could be sort of the, the all black side that they're playing against, but they always raise their game. They, they add a new level of confidence when they run out that tunnel. So for me, the plus I'm quite strong in the plus. I think it's a, a cracking punt. I expect it about three and a half, four and a half, um, and especially yeah, the books haven't haven't knocked it down a point or two for playing at Newlands, and that's a huge factor for me. So yeah, last, potentially last ever game at Newlands, and the Province boys are going to be firing. Have you seen a points line on this one, Neil? Uh, no, no, I haven't. Okay, interesting, because you mentioned the Newlands, and uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see what the points line comes out, because I know over the years, these guys have played out some fairly low-scoring matches against each other. So just having a look where I handicapped this game, eight and a half, so pretty much there. But yeah, I, I, I take your case. It's going to be an interesting one. I haven't made up my mind on, on that game yet. But Neil, we'll stay with you for the final game. It's the biggest handicap of the weekend. We've got Sharks. Minus 13 and a half games. Greg was in this game is on Saturday afternoon. Sure. Bit of a, a, a difficult one to call. Um, I see it's Amy Barrett to run on the whistle. Um, I'm actually quite a fan of her her refereeing. I think she's she's impressed me quite a lot recently. I know there's a couple of maybe different different opinions in, in the crowd about her, but I, I like her style of refereeing. Um, lets the game flow enough, but, but does penalise, does abide by the law. And a lot of Curry Cup refs, they just don't play play to the law. So as soon as these players take the step up to the next level, they get completely found out in terms of the officiating. So I do like that she does take her refereeing very seriously. So which does probably play into to a plus hand. But I I quite like the team that the that the Sharks have selected. I think they've got quite a big bench, quite a big physical pack, um, and I think you can actually get Sharks minus twelve and a half. That's probably where I would be leaning, but not with a lot of confidence. I think this this line is quite well priced. Crickers have, have been playing good rugby and have been fantastic against the spread recently. So it is probably one of those games that I'll I'll probably only get involved maybe half an hour, forty minutes before kickoff once I've got a better opinion of it. Yeah, have a couple of beers and start Brian ahead of the lines testing. Just keep an eye on this one. Uh, yeah, I like the shark side as well. I I, do, I, do, I fancy them a little bit. We'll talk uh, about possible points line now as well. But uh, conductor, going to you on this one. Any fancies here? Yeah, Brent. I don't like the shark side side at all. Sorry, I'm gonna be disagree with you boys. Uh, Lowe's honestly answer is not uh, a great quality. He's come from France. Um, maybe it's better quality for Curry Cup rugby or sorry, Vodacom Cup rugby. Whatever we're gonna term term this uh, this level because it's not a great level of rugby. Um, I don't like. Uh, uh, the the scrum off has come in. Uh, yeah, he's not great. Yao Penke, it's not great at all to me. Um, <clears throat> I prefer the the previous team Sharks, the Sharks team from previous week. Uh, Bosch, I have no idea why they keep keep him at ten. I, I said I never like to be that guy that has a go at players. Never, never, never. But t- to me, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really understand the the continued, uh, yeah, continued Bosch. 10. Uh, I don't know why Lionel doesn't get at least a chance at 10. Impilo uh, Gomedi uh, at, I think, 7. Uh, um, yeah, yes, I'm not a massive fan, massive fan of this uh, Sharks group. And then I think uh, Manus Potita's out, and there's a new Sharks wing as well. Um, 
I, I, sorry, I can't remember, but he's not an improvement on, on Manus. Uh, Grecos have played solid, solid rugby. Um, what they beat the they beat province, uh, they beat cheetahs, they beat province, they beat uh, the lions. Yeah, they're playing really, really solid rugby. I can't to me, they've, they've been really good to me. Uh, I mean, I had I had uh, the click was to beat province outright. I think I took them a bit late in the game at so far was six to one. So they've been really good to me. I'm not going to deviate from this course to to to. Yeah, I really like what Creekwoods have done recently. They they very good. They're very well gelled side. So yeah, I'd probably thirteen and a half, maybe a bit tight. Uh, for a bit more comfort, I'd probably take uh, Creekwoods seventeen and a half, eighteen and a half in the alternative handicap and multiply that with Lions straight win. That'll that'll give you close to eight to ten, nine to ten. That's a lovely little multi uh, to chuck into your beer. And I see at uh, the Crow Tips has also been on the live chat, and so you can watch his Twitter. He always comes up, and he's been on quite hot form. He takes a normally a treble that works out to about even money, twelve to ten, and he's had some good success with that. He likes the minus thirteen and a half there. Southport just coming up with an Olympic bet. I'll keep an eye on the Good for the Game forum for more of those. Must I haven't caught as much of the Olympics yet as I might like. But Neil, let's just bring you in there on the points on this game. Have you seen any lines here? Is it too early? Uh, this game being on Saturday? No, no points points line all Brent just quite funny I just had a little bit of a giggle to myself now um, when I realized that the game I'm most involved in this weekend is um, a women's sevens match so it's quite a it's quite a <laughs> it's quite a strange feeling which game is that down for uh, that's for France to beat Canada in the sevens I think there's quite a few people on that yeah I think that's an absolute cracker yeah I think soap yeah. and conductor were quick onto it and alerted me and yeah I went straight in. And what, um, what sort of price we're getting there? I got seven. I'm imagining the market's moved <laughs> because I know no, when, no. when those boys get on it, yeah. then the market does move. Yeah, no, big time. Um, I got seven to ten, but I've I've seen. I just look now, and you can still get zero point six F. So I mean, it's close enough. Yeah, I think that's an absolute crack. And if you if you do want to go a bit higher, you can still get about minus two and a half, minus three and a half. Right. I haven't had a look at the sevens yet, but certainly might get involved. Conductor, I'm not going to suggest you get any further involved in the sevens. You look like you could do with a good night's sleep and a nice shower <laughs> and a shave in the morning there, lad. Yeah, Brent, I'm heavily involved in that se the women's sevens as well. It's amazing how, you know, after a couple of nights straight of women, of men's sevens, you're like, no, no, I'm done. And, and it's time for bed there uh, because, I mean, you know, it's it's you know it's obviously cold in the Cape, but Brent, you know, I know how, how cold it's been up, up in the north here. Man alive. It's like been. It's, I'm like waking up here, like uh, the last survivor in, in the Arctic Arctic winterland. Yeah, getting out of bed at two in the morning, trying to put the kettle on. Even the kettle is struggling at two in the morning to go in. But uh, yeah, look, I've been. I, I enjoy the women's sevens, and it, what I do like about uh, the women's rugby in general is, um, if you if you take the men's rugby, I, I know this may be a, a massive oversimplification of stuff, but the men's rugby, I can you can often have guys like the Blitzbox. You are, are able to nullify the, the, the incredible size of, of the Fijians in men's rugby. We often it's not so much the case in women's rugby. That tends to be the physical presence of, of some of the girls uh, in, the, in women's rugby tends to overpower some of the tackles, things like that. So it's nice to sort of look at that. So it was a, it was a lovely day's betting today, this morning, and and shouting home. You know, you're saying you're not going to get involved in women's rugby, then suddenly you you absolutely massively deep on a, on a women's game, shouting home New Zealand to beat. Uh, Great Britain off there, 21 mil down. So it's, uh, I, I love sevens rugby. It's, it's such excitement and things like that. So yeah, I'm definitely involved on uh, on that uh, French game. I like the the French to beat Canada. Uh, my favorite French player should be back tomorrow, uh, Fanny Horta, uh, the captain of uh, the France team. Uh, she's extra dynamic. And I like China minus 5.5 to be the to be Japan. Canada were very, very good. Sorry. China were very, very good today uh, against, I can't remember their second game, but they were quite, they were quite good. So I expect them to have a, a good showing uh, tomorrow morning against uh, Japan. Excellent. Well, I must say, yeah, you guys perked up my interest. I'm not sure I'm going to get up at 2 o'clock to watch. They've got a bit of a heavy day at, at work tomorrow. But, but yeah, very, very interesting that uh, the boys are getting stuck into, into the Lady 7. So that brings us to our best bets. And feel well, I think you guys have already confirmed you like a sevens bet strong, but going back to the 15 man game, and Neil, we'll start with you. Your bet of the weekend? Uh, Lions, Golden Lions over 33 and a half. Also, really like box over 18 and a half, but obviously, 
been snapped up in the space of 40 minutes um, and then either team to win by seven or less in the in the tests. Um, and then, yeah, I hate to say it, but I do like Western Province plus seven and a half. Right, okay, so he's got some good fancies there. And Brendan, your best ones? Yeah, Brent, I like Sigma Lions, the Sigma Lions minus six and a half. Uh, you can find six and a half or even seven and a half will probably get a push. Uh, I like Lions overs there. Uh, my, that'll be my best bet. And uh, yeah, Rusty to be absolute uh, king this weekend. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But Brent, I just want to just mention one thing. Sorry, I didn't mention previously. In terms of the Rusty factor in this whole thing. Um, <laughs> sorry, I know I'm going to... No, no, that's uh, fine. I'm just laughing. I, you can see you're passionate about this one. Uh, but, uh, but Brent, and the and, 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 and thing is, and, and, and you know, you'll know, and Neil will know, you know, you know how many times we watch sports where guys will do certain things to implement influence momentum in a game. It's, it's specifically important in tennis. Hey, eh? guys, take a toilet break. Uh, you know, they just do certain things. Guys will fake an injury in football to slow the momentum of a game down, to change the things. I think what Russ has done here, he's, he's trying to change the momentum of the series. The momentum is now first, first, first game, one to the Lions. So he's like, okay, listen, guys, we need to change the momentum. He's focusing a lot of energy on himself, da da da, da to get momentum away from the win for the Lions to, to focus somewhere else, to change the momentum. So suddenly the Lions players not focusing on, okay, who are we playing now? Now they're all, they're all answering questions about Rusty's rant. Rant, sorry, rant, rant. So, I, you know, I, to me, it's a, it's a very clever move by Rusty to sort of, it, it, once again, change the momentum of the series from basically the second test to why is they were talking about Rusty Rasmus. So that's, that's it. But yes, best bet, uh, go the Lions. The Sigma line. The Sigma line. <laughs> Just clarify that. Right, so the boys both like the lines. He does the handicap and the points there. Gents, thanks very much. Uh, just a special shout-out to all the boys who joined us in the live chat. We certainly did have some great activity uh, on, the, on the live chat tonight. And we'll see you guys next week for what may well be the decider, what may well be a dead rubber. Either way, it doesn't matter. We'll have opportunities to bet on it. I've already got my betting strategy for the dead rubber, by the way. I've already know I'm going to play that last game. But, of course, first the Lions have to, win, have to win the second test. So we'll see about that. But, yeah, thanks a lot, guys. It was great having you on. And uh, what is, I just want to see I see Steve Reed popping up on Facebook there. You can pick wingers who are secure under the high ball, and that will change momentum. Yeah, I like that one, Steve. We certainly did battle under the aerial attack there. But, yeah, Brendan, first of all, to you. Go and have about a couple of hours nap now. You can get up and watch your beloved Chinese Sevens rugby team play. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, and have a great weekend. Thanks, Brenty. Yeah, until the boys uh, be killed. Thanks, lads. Yeah, very well done. Cheers, boys. Thanks, guys. Excellent. And then, Neil, thanks a lot for joining us, man. I know uh, you've got a big weekend of punting ahead of you. You've got your bets down early. And, yeah, great contribution to the show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brent. Yeah, very excited for the weekend. And I'll, I'll try slipping a couple of, of punts on Twitter that I didn't manage to get off of the show. But, yeah, huge weekend of punting ahead of us. Excellent. That's uh, the conductor and at Thoughts and Sports, both of them on Twitter, of course, and also posting on the Good for the Game forum. Thanks to all the boys in the live chat. We'll catch you next week for the Handicap Rugby Chat That Matters. Have a cracking weekend.